Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Crank. You can find me on Gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Supposed to be joined by Bill Christie, but schedules got in the way of getting our main man, Bill aboard this week as the third golf major of the year goes off on Thursday morning in Brookline, a suburb of Boston. So I know there's a sports fan out there that is going to one of the rounds of the U.S. Open this week and probably going to Game 6 of the NBA Finals on Thursday evening at TD Garden. That person's living a better life than me and probably a better life than most of the people listening. No offense, just saying that's Quite a fun couple of days for Boston sports fans, and maybe not so fun if the Warriors close out the NBA Finals at TD Garden. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to kind of, uh, like I said, we had some scheduling stuff kind of throw us for a little bit of a loop. So this is going to be kind of a rapid-fire podcast to just kind of give you our buys and fades. Actually, I just got buys that I'm going to give out. Uh, That way we can give you something for some guys that we like uh, at Brookline this week. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, expand a little bit with Bill and do some opening live golf talk. I'm sure maybe we can get to that, uh, if we can make something work for the open championship. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, trying to get in and get out here on a Wednesday morning prior to the U S open getting underway tomorrow. So, uh, obviously, uh, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas at the top of the odds board, Uh, and Rory McIlroy is coming off of a win at the RBC Canadian Open. He's been pretty good at the majors, right? So uh, I think that he's certainly in with a real good shot at Brookline this week. Uh, And, uh, you know, I don't like to bet favorites in the outright market, and most of my plays that I give out on a Wednesday are who I like in outrights. I do have one top 20 prop that I think is a nice price that I'll take a flyer on. But uh, certainly right now, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas look like the best golfers in the game. And, uh, you know, as I said, sometimes at the top of the odds board, uh, I like to try and find a a fade or two that might be a little overvalued. I felt that way about Scotty Scheffler, that he was going to come down to earth after just starting 2022 uh, on another planet. 
and winning the Masters. Uh, and, and, you know, Scheffler is tied for the third shortest odds with John Rahm at 15 to 1. But McElroy comes in at 10 to 1, Thomas at 12 to 1. I normally like to look a little further down the top tier when it comes to the outright market. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna start with Patrick Cantley. I got him at 25 to 1, and he's somebody that I think is for a while has been primed to win that first major championship, right? And he did miss the cut at the PGA. So if you're just a casual viewer of golf like myself, for the most part, I do some research and try and find some you know statistical nuggets to back these plays. But I'd be lying if I said I was dialed into every round of the RBC Canadian Open or even the Live Golf event last week. Having said that, uh, Cantlay, so my point being, if you watched Cantlay at the PGA and you got a little sour taste from him missing the cut if you had a few shekels on the American, I understand. Uh, but the big thing that I like at the top of the odds board is if you can get some names that are pretty big names that maybe drift down for one reason or another. Maybe their recent form isn't great. Maybe their health is a concern. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, right, there's a, a blemish or two that creates a little bit of value on the price. And then you just got to hope like, that they play like one of the best players in the world at a price that's considerably longer than it should be if they do play that way. And so that's those are kind of the rationale behind each of my first two picks. Back to Cantlay, like I said, uh, missed the cut at the PGA, but he's finished top three in his last three starts, and he's got five top fives in 2022. He got off to a bad start at the Memorial, and he still nearly won with three good closing rounds, gaining 4.3 shots on the approach. And the approach, it seems like the approach shots are going to be where players really pick up steam on the course at Brookline this week. So the fact that Cantlay closed the Memorial with three real strong rounds and hit a lot of good irons is a good sign. So... I think he's worth an outright flyer and somebody that, again, other than that PGA championship, and that's the major, right? So that's kind of what we look at. But his recent form really looks pretty good. And sooner or later, I have to think this guy's going to win a major. So I'll go with Patrick Cantlay for my first play. And then in much the same vein, like I said, I like to try and get big names that maybe aren't at the top of their game or injured or haven't played as much. And you go a little bit further down the odds board, you're going to find Colin Morikawa at prices in the 30 to 35 to 1 range. I got him at 30 to 1. And, I mean, how can you say no? Again, a guy that his 2022 has been a little spotty. He missed a cut at the Memorial and he is seeking his first top 25 since the Masters. So, if this were a less accomplished player, we'd probably not even take a peek, right? And it would just be, you know, his PGA championship. He made the cut, but he finished eight over, finished outside the top 50. So, ask yourself this. Do you think that he's just in the middle of a bad year and you're just going to get away from him? Or is it the same player that could find his game again at a major championship? Mind you, this is a guy that has already won two majors. So, 
I'm much more inclined to think the latter. I mentioned, mentioned Scotty Scheffler and how insane he was to start the year. Somebody like him struggling that maybe didn't have the profile of Morikawa. Okay, maybe you're inclined to just look away. You know, if there wasn't as much of a body of work, multiple seasons of contending for wins week in and week out, which is kind of what we got used to with Morikawa going into this year. But somebody like that that now comes in at a price that I'm... I mean, how often are you going to get a shot at this guy at 30-1 to 1 in majors? And if you are looking for a silver lining in some of his play, the irons are still coming in strong. He gained over five shots at on the approach. Uh, so again, we like to look at those strokes gained and try and figure out which, you know, whether it's around the green, putting, off the tee, approach. And it seems like Brookline, the strokes gained approach would be the kind of thing that we're more in tune with in terms of how it suits different styles of golf games. And Morikawa at the RBC Heritage and at the Charles Schwab event at the Colonial Country Club, he gained over five strokes on the approach both times for the each of those tournaments. So... Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay, both guys that, you know, and, and much more Morikawa coming in not playing well. Like I said, Cantlay, the results since the PGA have been pretty good. So I'll look at both of them. Another guy in a similar price range to Morikawa, who I think might be knocking on the door in terms of getting into this upper echelon sooner than you think is another guy that's won a major championship in the past, and that's going to be Shane Lowry. And so I'll look at him at 35-1 to for my next outright ticket. Lowry made the cut in, has, has made the cut, excuse me, in how about six of the last seven U.S. Opens. And I think that's important because you know, the U.S. Open often is a major that they, the USGA really wants to test these guys, right? You don't see a lot of double-digit under-par scores to win this thing. It's a lot of guys that are, you know, I remember Webb Simpson won the thing at one over par at the Olympic Club in 2012. It's a lot of guys that usually finish anywhere from even to, say, 6-7 under. The point I'm making is it can really make stud golfers look very pedestrian. And so, given the reputation that the USGA has of wanting to try and challenge these guys, for a guy to make the cut six out of seven starts at the U.S. Open, I think is an indicator that he's pretty good. Sorry for a lack of any hard-hitting analysis there, but the consistency there at a major that can be difficult to be this consistent at is admirable. Then you look at Lowry's reason for him. He's coming in playing... Some of the best golf of his life. He dealt with a little bit of rain at the Honda Classic, which got in the way of him potentially winning the event. But as I said when I kind of started talking about Lowry, I think this is a guy that 
Maybe in a year from now, we're going to start seeing at majors in the 25 to 1 or shorter range. And he's basically in that top tier. I mentioned the Honda Classic. Finished 10th at the RBC Canadian Open, the event this week. 23rd at the PGA, so not horrible. 13th at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. And a tie for third at the RBC Heritage two months ago in the middle of April. So again, a lot to like about where Shane Lowry is at right now. A lot to like about his current form. And a lot to like about his track record at the U.S. Open. Add it all up and I think Shane Lowry is worth a play to win this thing north of 30 to 1. My next pick, I got a unfortunately a bad number on, and I encourage you to shop around. Daniel Berger, I believe, opened at 50 to 1. I took 35 to 1. This is going to be the uh, shortest I would play him. But I'll take another American here. Uh, who's coming off of a fifth-place finish at the Memorial. And he's got a pair of top tens at previous U.S. Opens, which, again, I, I think is worth noting. This isn't the Masters where they play at every course, excuse me, at the same course every year. But the other majors, particularly the Open Championship and the U.S. Open, kind of take on the same... Description almost in terms of, as I said with the U.S. Open, the desire to challenge players and normally a higher score ends up winning the event. Open championships, links golf style, a little bit longer, hilly courses, things like that. So we have different descriptors for what makes the other majors that aren't the masters, you know, what it takes to be good at, even though it's not the same course. And so I bring all this up to say that, again, much like with Lowry, where we got, you know, I said Lowry, six out of seven cuts made in his last seven U.S. Open starts. Well, Berger is a guy that has flirted with being in contention on Sundays at previous U.S. Opens with a pair of top tens. I mentioned the fifth place finish at the Memorial Finished inside the top 25 of the Charles Schwab. uh, Top 25 at RBC Heritage. And the majors aren't great. You know, 50th at the Masters. Missed the cut at the PGA. Uh, But, again, I like the recent form. I like the U.S. Open track record. And I just think this guy's game is good enough. I, I think there's a variance here with a guy like Daniel Berger where... You can see him miss cuts at majors more frequently than some of the other top guys. Hence his price drifting out more towards the mid-tier area in the outright market. But I also think that of the guys that are priced anywhere from 30 to 60 to 1, he's one of the more talented guys. And again, I like to bet on the talent sometimes, and I'll give up some of the consistency in some of the previous majors. Because again, when you the further down you get, obviously the more blemishes 
and black marks on the resume you're going to find. But Berger, at the peak of his powers, I think good enough to make some noise into the weekend here. I'll go with a few long shots here to round things out, and then I want to give up, give out one uh, matchup, well, not a matchup prop, a uh, top 20 prop, somebody I probably will look to use in matchups throughout the weekend. But uh, I'm going to look at Tommy Fleetwood as a uh, guy outside the 60-1 to 1 range. Uh, I believe I got him at 65-1 to 1 to win this thing. The Englishman is another guy that you look at, and again, variance, of course. But oftentimes I like at major championships to bet on somebody like Fleetwood who maybe isn't the most consistent guy on a week-to-week basis on the tour. But more often than not, you see this guy showing up at majors. You see this guy making cuts. You see this guy on maybe the first or second page of the leaderboard on Saturday. And maybe he's not all there by Sunday. But you're hearing his name throughout the week, right? He's not just an afterthought. And I think that's why when I saw these stats on Fleetwood, eight finishes of 19th or better in 27 career major starts, that's pretty good. Right? Like, let's, you got, if, if you're telling me that Fleetwood's going to finish inside the top 20 and I'm going to get him at 66 to 1, or 65 to 1, excuse me, sign me up. Because that's what we're talking about when we start reaching further down the board. Guys that, are good enough if they put it all together to be in contention. And Fleetwood's been in contention in multiple majors. Two top five finishes at the U.S. Open in his career. So another guy that has shown an ability to pass the tests from the USGA and also comes in playing well of late finishing 16th or better in five of his last nine starts. So again, 16th or better in five of the last nine, 19th or better in his 27 major starts. He's done that eight times. Uh, Maybe it doesn't wow you, but it's enough to make you think about him, right? And again, a guy that I think has the talent to be a factor on Sunday. And that's all we're looking for here, right? Is if I can get these tickets to be live come Sunday, then I just need one of them to cash at the price we're getting here. And I think Fleetwood's got a shot to be live on Sunday afternoon at Brookline. Lastly, hey, I got to shout out the two first name crowd. My name's Greg Frank. His name's Adam Scott. Let's go with the Aussie at 130 to 1. For a little sprinkle to have some fun. I always like to take one guy that's close to, if not at, the triple digit mark. Just to have a little bit of fun. And you know what? Hey, we got a past major champion at 131. Why not, right? Nine top fives at majors in his career. Two top tens at majors as recently as 2019. You know, and I don't know that this guy's washed. Top five at the Genesis Invitational in February. Played well at the match play event in Austin, Texas, earlier on the PGA calendar. Uh, and he's a top 20 putter by strokes gained in the, over the last two years. So I think that steadiness along the greens 
should also help because we talk about how the U.S. Open is often a major that can kind of require you to just grind it out and make pars and move on. And usually the winner sometimes is at even par, one, two, three under. So if you can just be consistent enough on the green to make your two putts, to get some balls up and down, make pars, you might have a shot. Adam Scott been pretty good with the putter. So 130-1, to one, maybe you could argue a little more of a has-been. But again, I mentioned some recent performance there, uh, both at majors and this year, that would indicate that he maybe still has a little bit more game left in the tank. Uh, one other play that I like is uh, the lefty, Brian Harmon. I got him at plus 350 to finish in the top 20. He's finished in the top 40 in each of the last four U.S. Opens, including a second-place finish at the U.S. Open in 2017. Pair of recent top 20s for Harmon at the Memorial and Wells Fargo events. And I talked a lot about approach shots, but I also think something I saw this week that is worth noting, the average U.S. Open winner gains about a quarter of his strokes around the green, and Harmon ranks seventh in the world in strokes gained around the green the last two years. So, you're going to give me longer than 3-1 to one on a guy that's played well enough to make the cut, at least, at U.S. Opens, and I need him to get in the top 20. You know, if you wanted to stretch it out, top 30, top 40, for a worse price, but obviously a better chance of you taking cashing. I don't blame you because I think this guy's going to make the cut. This is probably somebody that I will look to use in those make-miss-cut props, which I haven't finalized as far as what I'm taking there. So as I said, at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter, I will tweet some more props out because I do sometimes sprinkle those make-miss-cut props. Uh, so he might be somebody I look at there as well. But if you just think he can play well enough to make the weekend and then shoot a nice round on Saturday, he could squeeze into that top 20 at a nice price. So again, Brian Harmon, somebody that I'm playing top 20 plus 350. If you want to use him top 30, top 40, make cut. Maybe you get some good looks on him in matchups. Uh, I think he's just a, a name to file away as somebody that you could find some value on in a lot of different ways this week. That's going to do it for a little bit of a rapid-fire whip-around for me at the U.S. Open 2022 at Brookline. Give me a follow at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. And he couldn't make it, but we'll still shout out Bill at Larry's Locks 2 on Gambling Twitter for him and our guy Alex Uplinger, jack-of-all-trades with the podcast at full underscore slate underscore pod. Always a fun follow with a lot of creative content on the Twitter account. And hey, sooner rather than later, what, maybe we're about two months out from getting him back on to do some NFL win totals. So it's getting close. Not really. Enjoy your summers. That'll do it for Full Slate. Everyone enjoy the U.S. Open. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the Stanley Cup Final. My name is Greg Frank. And of course, please play responsibly.